Fusion, the international science radio show. We have a bouncer and the doors of perception. The good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro-seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Diffusion. Listen to amazing and bizarre science infuse your brain. I'm Ian Wolfe, and on this edition, we'll feature fake meat, life logging, and do you have privacy on the internet? In the old days, it was all about achievements, collecting all your trophies in a shrine. In a shrine, ah. everybody came across the internet. Internet, and suddenly you had to be online. A homepage was all you really needed to seem like a success, but not a geek. Not a geek, ah. as long as you updated semi-annually. Annually, and checked your email once or twice a week. And now getting around the internet in the 21st century with Ollie Brand and Catherine B. Hag. You can just bug your stuff so that you can find out what's happened to it. Yeah. Help a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> Especially me. I'm seriously losing everything. My camera. <laughs> You're such a loser, Kat. <laughs> <laughs> but if I tagged myself, I wouldn't be anymore. Well, you can surveil, I'd be bound. You can surveil yourself. You put a camera up and a little webcam with a recorder and have it just watch yeah. you all day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you go back and the footage. Have yeah. you heard about this life logging yes. thing? Yes. Yeah, really get, interesting. Get, yeah, like, okay, so you wear this little camera on a pendant around your neck and it basically takes a picture every minute, pretty much, so of, nice. of wherever you are during the day and it continuously records basically your whole experience of life. Wow. And the, and the ultimate like aim of, yeah, when they develop this technology up. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Except like it's, it's your own personal record. So, oh, that's scary. like, you know, the way I think of the way I think you might it, have right, to encrypt it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, have you ever been at a party, right? And like, you've, you're really trashed, but you're having this amazing conversation with someone, and all these great things are coming up, yeah. and they're telling you about these great things. You're like, oh man, yeah, yeah, tell me, like, uh, send me a text about that or something, and like, and they don't. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and like, you're so you're having such a great time in the moment. And like the next day, you're like, oh, I was talking to someone about this amazing thing, but I can't for the life of me remember. Mm. And you wish you had sort of some way of recording it at the time. Yes. Like that's that's one instance so that I could use bug that. Your, it's basically bugging yourself, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. what you're doing. So it's it's a way of um, I, I saw them developing a lot of the stuff for Alzheimer's sufferers. Oh. So like their memories are, aren't too good, right? So they'll have all sorts of things and they won't remember. But if they've got this life log, they can look back over the video of the day and be reminded of some of the important points of the happen. And it's a record. So it can help you with an ailing memory. I wonder if that helps their memory as well over the long term. Helps stimulate the memory. Stimulate the memory. And build those connections. Because you're constantly building those neurons in your head. They just found out recently. We always thought once you lost your neurons, they're not going to come back. But Mm. they're always constantly growing. That's the thing. Or also you could go back to like childhood memories or like revisit childhood traumas to find out why you're so messed up you know <laughs> what what this event was that shaped the rest of your right. life you know it's quite <laughs> oh man where would i begin <laughs> so the only thing is you need huge amount of storage exactly that we don't have we don't have this giant storage at the moment we don't have the, the, this 
because you'd be so much video. And then you need encryption that you actually trust. Because mm. do you want your life log available to other people? Probably no. not. Mm. <laughs> I the, say, other, I that, no. <laughs> the other really important um, aspect of it would be an effective way of searching for particular memories. So like searching, mm. you know, being able to f- pinpoint the exact moment or at least narrow it down to a short list of things because you've got this, you know, it's like the internet itself. You've got this mega immense amount of data how do you make sense of it you can't go from like work your way through to a to z or otherwise you'd be there for another lifetime trying to find what you're looking for exactly i I don't know i don't know i just think it's really scary because if somebody was uh filming (laughs) like taking pictures of me all the time i'd be uh, yeah yeah be quite quite um it'd be creepy like all those definitely you do know it's happening anyway right that we're Mm. in a really highly surveilled city oh yeah and mm. there are high-resolution cameras all over the place. But should we keep making it more? Like, more and more and more? Like I was talking well, these are the ones, ones that you control, though. Yeah, but I was talking to my maths teacher the other day, and he was... Not my maths teacher, because I'm out of school now. <laughs> but a maths teacher. And um, he was saying that other teachers have um, took photos of him really drunk at this pub. And then the teacher... Like, the students are friends with their teachers on Facebook, and he's like, that's such an like evasion of privacy he doesn't mm. want other students knowing that he got drunk and he had no, no control over what they put up on their facebook wall yes and so if we're having all these new technologies that are becoming more and more into it's like where do you draw the boundaries draw the between these aspects of your life you've got yeah. to draw some I <clears> think. and then you can get bribes and it's yeah it's kind of like that's that sort of reminds me of a dilemma that i came up against <clears throat> like in the last year or so that when my when both of my parents joined facebook and oh. inevitably, you know, I, I, inevitably, I get the re- the friend request from my mum, mm. and I had to have a word to her and say, "Look, no. <laughs> you know, if you want to see like my my photos of my my travels or whatever, you know, like those memories that you share with your family, I'll I'll send them to you personally. But it yeah, there are <laughs> like you know, it's like it, it would be like you coming to school with me and hanging out with me and my friends, uh, you know, things like that." It's like exactly. you've got to draw the line somewhere. You do. You do. It's very important. I mean, it, I think it's something that everyone's going to come up against is you've got to have a line between your family and your your friends and your regular life and your work life. Mm. And I mean, you don't want your employer going on Facebook and finding out all the different groups you've joined mm. or the events you're going to or the people you're friends with, all things that you're totally entitled to do as a free citizen. Mm but that your employer could discriminate against you on the basis of judge you or fire you. Mm. And it's got nothing to do with your job. And that has happened to people. That, that actually, that's sort of happened in a less extreme form to my girlfriend recently. Like she was at work with not that much to do. So she just updated her Facebook post and was like, oh man, I'm at work. I'm so bored. Intending just like her friends out there in the, in the internet ether to just go, oh, she's bored. Um, And her her manager kind of leaned across and said, do you need something to do? (laughs) <laughs> oh, so bad. But I mean, one of the, the the other thing, of course, is the so these are all the negative things that that could go wrong, and you've got to look at your Facebook privacy settings because mm. Facebook keep changing the interface every day. It's good that they're sort of they're moving to to adapt to how people use the service. Sort of, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> um, like Google Buzz, which has only just started up, has default privacy settings off, so that, for example, they look at your they've examined your emails without asking you because that's what Gmail do is they look at your email mm. and they look at who you talk to most often. And when you get on Google Buzz, they've automatically got a list of the seven people you talk to most often as your followers. 
Twitter style, Ooh. but they're public. It's a public list that someone else has chosen wow. by, by reading your email. And oh. so the default is it's public. So anyone who looks at you on Google Buzz will see who your followers are and know that they're the people you talk to most often, no matter who they are. And they'll they'll have all that, that sort of information. So, so you actually have to go is, in and turn it off. So if there are certain people in that list who you don't want the other people in that list to know that you're talking to very often, <laughs> it could cause problems. Or even if you just don't want them to be able to contact yeah. them. Like yeah. if it's your parents, you don't want your somebody who's looking at you, you for a job mm. to go talking to your parents necessarily, or you don't want someone who's stalking on the internet to yeah. go and find. Mm. This is your or public a, Google a profile. Czechoslovakian um, mail order bride that you've been yes. courting for the last couple of months, <laughs> or some some Chinese scammers. You don't want yeah. just anybody in the world who looks up your profile on Google, which is totally public, to immediately know who it is that you're talking to, mm. and get their ID and then connect to them. Like you're invading the, your friend's privacy or your family's privacy or your business's privacy. And it, it's mm. quite scary that you can, you can have people, um, my math teacher was saying, students are actually pretending to be a teacher and inviting other teachers to join them. Ah, uh, social like engineering. Involved. Yeah, but it's really, really common now in high schools. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's scary. It is. Oh, dear. Yeah, crazy. Pretending you're somebody else. Yeah. Because like you have all those details. Like you have your birthday, you have all those other details on Facebook mm. as well. Identity like theft. Yes. Yeah, yeah, then you get into all that. You're no one if you're not on Twitter. And if you aren't there already, you've missed it. If you haven't been bookmarked, retweeted, and blocked, you might as well not have existed. You might as well not have existed. And at the other end, on the positive end, there's crowdsourcing. I had a thing where I tried to organise an interview here for Diffusion and the person I was organising to interview got busy and their phone was turned off for several hours and I thought okay I'm in the studio I'm ready to record but I can't contact the person I'm supposed to interview I'll put it out to Twitter and I managed to get someone to direct message me with their phone number and I recorded an interview wow so it's useful (laughs) yeah Yes, for contacts and networking. And parties, which you were talking about last (laughs) (laughs) bit earlier. Exactly. So it's it's a new set of skills and maybe some new issues, but I think the power's worth it, the extra Mm. abilities you you get and the extra connections you make. Well, on a totally unrelated topic, one of my friends just had a baby. Now, this is obviously very interesting, but what I found fascinating is on the same day, she posted up photos of the new baby girl, on her Facebook wall. Now, I know this is an extreme case of someone addicted to Facebook, but admit it, who out there spends a lot of time on Facebook or even Twitter? Mm. Do you guys? I know I do. Actually, I just updated my Twitter feed. Exactly. Well, there's a lot of people just like you, Ollie, and that might even be addicted. Now, if there are any listeners out there who think they are addicted, You should be careful, as a new study from the University of Leeds in the UK has recently found a strong link between the people who use these networking websites and depression. However, it is unclear if this correlation is because those tending to be depressed are addicted to the internet or if the internet causes depression. Either way, don't worry, it's not all doom and gloom as the researchers found that there is a higher correlation between addiction and the types of websites you visit. Now, it's best not to spend much time on sexually gratifying websites. 
gaming websites. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm sure, Ollie. Uh, okay, or either <laughs> online community or chat. Instead, it's best to pursue a wide range of internet sites and check many different websites. So you should have 150 tabs open like I do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but try not range. to have <laughs> those um, tabs open with, with the, the ones I just mentioned. <laughs> um, At least not at work. Exactly. Well, actually, it's not and you not mentioned you can work. <laughs> and not on Channel 7. <laughs> yeah. but, and funny you mentioned work, Ollie, because um, I work for the Australian government and it's banned Facebook and Twitter and it's also banned quite a lot of other websites like music, which I'm mm. not very happy with. Well, that's probably just as well for you, Kat, because I know you're on Facebook all the time. In fact, you were, you were, I bet you were face stalking, Facebook stalking me last night, weren't you? Oh, well, just just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but really, who doesn't? Exactly. <laughs> what about, but there are people who do business on Twitter now. They make net, they network, right? Mm. They use the network to network. And so they meet people that they'll actually use in their business to help them make money, mm. get exactly. their job done. It's yeah. in, it's incredible the huge the huge uptake by Twitter, um, yeah. As you say in in business because um, yeah, like it's it's absolutely blown up the amount of uh, the the sheer number of people that that adopted it so quickly. I um I saw this interesting uh, video that uh, that had uh, I'm probably going to get the statistics wrong, but the the crux of it behind it was something like it took 40 years for television to achieve an audience of. 100 million people. It took it took the internet seven years or, or something literal like that. It took Facebook three years. It took Twitter nine months. Wow. You know, something, something stark like that, just representing the exponential growth that we're going through in this age of, like, mass online communication. Mm. So it's, uh, yeah. And it, it is really scary, especially with this research. If it does lead to depression, <laughs> then that could be a... Why do they think... What do they think is going on that makes it lead to depression? Well, I guess like a lot of um, drugs out there, um, internet can be a drug. So it's having, when you hit onto Twitter or Facebook, you have that dopamine release and um, you have you want more and more dopamine because dopamine is the happy chemical in our brains. So you want more and more, so you keep on hitting more and more websites and then you become an addict. But hold on, hold on. Where's the depression come in? Um... Good question. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I've, I've I, heard it's it's sort of to do with, you know... I like guess you can't always live on, on the internet. Exactly. That's like, what mobile phones are for. Yeah, that's what iPhone was invented for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you can take the internet, Blackberry, you know, sorry. into the pub with you when you're socialising. Well, then you will but never get depressed. So yes. It's always constantly there. <laughs> so is that so? really what you're saying is that people get depressed when they're, who are addicted when they're not on the internet. So they're used to being mm. what Mark Pesci calls hyper-connected. Yeah. So mm. they're connected to basically all of the knowledge in the world is available on the internet. I'm sorry, why wouldn't you want to be plugged into <laughs> that all the time? Mm. So then if you take that away, you get the withdrawal symptoms. Naturally. Yeah. Mm. I think the internet and all these devices expand who we are and what we can do. Mm. So why wouldn't you want to be expanded all the time? But then does mm. it, does it um, kind of separate people? Because those people that can't, afford to have computers or the internet and they don't have Facebook god forbid <laughs> you know what are they going to do because I know some of my friends are still like I'm not going to get Facebook and they don't they haven't been invited to high school reunions because you really want to <laughs> go to them they don't get <laughs> invited to like any other social gathering so it's like they've 
dropped off the planet. It's kind of scary that we are taken over by this need to communicate constantly. To be on connected L- to yeah. the network, whether the it's your close network of friends or the yeah. extended worldwide network. Yeah, and, and as you say, it is amazing that we do have that opportunity now to be so hyper-connected. Um, I suppose where the danger comes into it is the actual method that we use of connecting, you know, gluing ourselves to these, hunching over these small screens and like, and tapping away on our keyboard and, you know, isolating ourselves from our, from our loved ones or our friends or, or the greater community. So I suppose that's, that's, yeah, like the the danger we've got. Right. That's not in (laughs) 80s internet. That's not the 21st century internet. That's Mm. not social. The whole point of social networking is that it's social. So mm. I don't know about you, but half the people I follow on Twitter aren't just people I originally knew. They're people I meet. We have tweet-ups. We have once a month there's the Sydney Twitter Underground Brigade where they have a party <laughs> where everyone who's in Sydney that uses Twitter goes to a pub. It's usually sponsored by some corporation. And so there's free drinks, sometimes mm. free food, and you can meet all these people. And if you like them, you follow them. Or if you already follow them, you get to meet them in real life. Wow. So you get to enrich your online experience with a real life experience and it becomes so much more. Wow, that's fantastic. I've got to get along to one of those. Absolutely. <laughs> follow Stub, S-T-U-B, at okay. Stub, and you'll find out all the information about when it's on. Fantastic. Um, it's worth doing because there are really, really interesting people using Twitter in Sydney and all around Australia. They have these tubs, these meetups in every city. And if you go interstate... And you mentioned on Twitter, the locals will organise a meetup so wow. to meet you. So you, so you're like, I'm in Melbourne. Where's my, where are my stub peeps at? Yes, <laughs> and they'll have an M tub, or if you're in Adelaide, an A tub, oh, and they'll yeah, have right. a meetup to meet you and chat and have have drinks. Oh, cool! It's fantastic. So I think there's a lot of real world stuff going on with the online stuff now because it's a social network. Mm. Definitely. So I promote the addiction. I, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm an enabler. <laughs> but I think most of these people choose not to be on Facebook. It's not that they can't afford the computer or the internet connection. Mm. It's that because you can, because really old computers that can do internet are next to nothing. You can pick them up for free. Mm. And the internet connections you can get broadband for $20 a month. So they could if they wanted to. They usually they choose not they to. Choose not to yeah. And so they're excluded from what's a really convenient way of organising a social life because they choose not to. Mm. And they're going to have trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The rest of the world is getting cheap mobile phones that do internet stuff. And that's how I think the internet's going to push out into the developing world. And plus the corporations like Google, they make money by people being on the internet, so they're trying to roll it out wherever they can. Mm. The Australian government is now talking to Google about the National Broadband Network because mm. they're into just spreading the internet as yeah. much as possible. That's an interesting thing that you, just a, a little side point that you mentioned about these corporations that make money off connecting people. I read something really fascinating about Twitter that one of the, one of the biggest flaws of their business model is that they have no way of monetizing the incredible success that they've had. So basically <laughs> this, this enormous uptake of the service is pretty much giving uh, like they're making next to nothing out of it. So uh, so that's one of the biggest things that Twitter are working on apparently is trying to monetize their Absolutely. service. Absolutely. Without, you know, p- pissing off all those people out there by showing like weight loss ads and and well, which stuff will make us banner. stop using it. Basically yeah. all the things that make it's us happening use with YouTube it. already. These obnoxious ads next to Terrible. these great videos. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's possible that Twitter only works in the format it's currently in. I mean, Google's trying to 
replicate Twitter, right? They've got this new thing called Buzz, uh, which if you're a Gmail user, you'll automatically have yeah. access to. The mm-hmm. problem is it assumes that you use Gmail on a web browser, and some of us have mail clients that we use on our computers to read our mail, and therefore you don't get access to Buzz. And at the moment, it's just a poor copy of Twitter and Facebook and other such things. Mm. But Google just don't like, just need like to make Bing money. Is to Google. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right. Google don't need to make money from these. If you use their products, you'll see their ads. Mm. So maybe Twitter can do something of, on your profile page. Maybe ads there when you go and look someone up. Mm. or something like that. Or else maybe Twitter need to be a public service that the corporations just subsidise so that you use the internet and click on the links or URL. Maybe they can need to get into the URL shortening business mm. or something like that. There's got to be something they can do without destroying the service in the process. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But that's the problem. Um, people need to build new business models mm. because the old ones don't apply to the internet very well. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what comes up. You're listening to Diffusion Science Radio. Send email to diffusion at 2SER.com. That's diffusion at 2SER.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network, into Sydney on 2SER, and over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com. And next, Mark West, Aaron Cook and I discuss the appetising subject of fake meat. That it would really be perfect for chicken nuggets, wouldn't it? Mark I mean, West, <laughs> would it be perfect for chicken nuggets or would you really rather have chicken in your nuggets? I'd probably rather have chicken, but uh, chicken nuggets, that's pretty much all the scrapings from behind the deep fryer anyway, isn't it? All congealed together. Uh, I, I, I'm really interested. Can they make protein pills out of this? Uh, are protein pills on the market? Is Yes. Yes. Yes, this is the thing. We are living in the 21st century. Protein pills are on the market, but they're made from algae. So right. they're vegetarian, and again, you don't have to kill any animals. There is an ethical alternative that nobody seems to have come up with. So you've either got a problem with killing animals or with growing stuff in a lab because it's unnatural, right? What if I could offer you a natural form of meat that didn't involve killing any animals? There are lizards in Australia, all sorts of lizards, where when they're threatened, they drop their tails and grow a new one. <laughs> the tails they drop are meat. It's meat that can be harvested without hurting the animal. Therefore, since no animals get killed, you can have ethical meat pies made out of lizard tails. Well, the, Never heard that before. We're going to open up a can of worms here. but uh, <laughs> Or lizard tails. Or lizard tails. <laughs> the, Dig in. If I was hungry in the middle of a desert and I hadn't eaten, then then I would probably kill a cow. Actually, I would, I would probably kill a human. Um, cannibalism, when it You've when been it warned, be. folks. Yeah, no, I'm not. But... The, the fact is we don't need to. You can go down to the local supermarket, uh, most of the people listening to this, and c- you can buy your brown rice, you can you can buy your beans, and there's all the protein you're ever going to need, every every type of amino acid you could want. So it's it's. I just don't understand how, how they could spend so much money on, on something like this. Mm. People want steaks, and they don't want to feel guilty about having killed animals to get them. If they could produce an artificial steak, it almost wouldn't matter whether it was produced from vegetable origins or cultured origins, as long as it tasted like a steak and didn't involve killing animals. So, so I guess what you're saying is that this this is really for people that already eat meat, because I imagine that people that don't are, are going to still be put off by the idea, but it, it might catch those people out that, that still want to eat meat, but 
but do don't feel great about the about the ways that meat is produced today. Yeah. There's a there's a vegetarian restaurant just down the road in Newtown actually that where you can buy crispy skin chicken and it's made out of I don't know what it's made out of but there is a layer of what looks like fat that's crispy and then a layer below that and then you get the chicken and it 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 tastes like crispy skin chicken. It tastes like bad crispy skin chicken. Uh, so as as a meat eater, I would go next door to the Thai place and get crispy skin chicken. I was at that restaurant just two weeks ago, and I had their chicken nuggets, which, although they weren't like chicken nuggets, they were good. They weren't that bad, yeah. They weren't that bad. Uh, their fake steak was nothing like steak. It was just a big bit of um, fungus of some sort. Yep. But the other stuff was kind of interesting, but it seemed more like a place for reformed meat eaters than full-on vegetarians. Yeah. Almost like cheating. Vegetarians, I, I don't think, want to eat meat. I, I don't, don't want to have something that I'm tastes like really meat. I'm not interested in having meat replacements. No. no. <laughs> what about a restaurant where, you know, if you go to this, right, you've got fake meat made out of vegetables when you go along to these things. What about the opposite? If you had a restaurant where it's fake vegetables made out of meat, maybe that'd be better. That'd be awesome. Uh, that I would go there. It'd be a huge success. Let's do that. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Lachlan Watmore on guitar. And that's all from us this time on Diffusion. You can send email to diffusion at 2SCR.com. That's diffusion at 2SCR.com. And tell us your thoughts, feelings, and stories. If you'd like to be on radio and you live in Sydney, we need more volunteers on Diffusion. Subscribe to our podcast on the Diffusion website, www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com. Contributing to the program were Mark West, Aaron Cook, Ollie Barand, and Catherine Behag. I produce Diffusion in the studios of 2SCR in Sydney. Diffusion's broadcast nationally via the Community Radio Network. I'm Ian Wolfe. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more science wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio.